Hello, welcome to Beyond Parenting. My name is Beth Hardy and I'm here to talk to you about parenting, what it means to you and different ways of looking at it. You may have broken free of the chains of the cycles that have been passed on to you from your family of origin, but are you stepping in the direction which is supportive of where you want to be? So we examine all things from things to do with partners, teenagers, younger kids, blowing your top, self-care and more. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Here we go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond Parenting. I am so excited for you to meet Vignes, who has been on a really interesting journey. She's moved from Singapore to Finland and has brought her kids up in Finland without having any Finnish. Um, She said she knew, knew, knew five words at the beginning, so... It has been a really big challenge. It's interesting to hear about it. We we go through her experiences of postnatal depression and how she adapted to the huge culture difference. And we do talk a lot about stigma attached to postnatal depression and any mental health issues. We touch on post-traumatic stress disorder and some levels of abuse so please be aware of what you're getting into with this conversation we don't go in too deep but just to know that it is mentioned thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did hello and welcome to Beyond Parenting today we've got with us Vignes today and she's speaking to us from Finland and which is wonderful and I can't wait for you to learn more about Fignus's amazing, incredible life um, as she's globe-trotted through her time um, as an adult and into parenting. So over to you, Vignus. Tell us about your journey and how it's all been. Okay, uh, Beth, thanks for having me here. Really excited to share my journey with all of you. So I'm from Singapore uh, and... Um, about 20 years ago, um, uh, my husband, who had moved to Singapore to be with me, uh, he, uh, we decided that we'll move to Finland, come back, to, uh, we'll come to his country, he's a Finn. And um, so uh, we just packed our bags. Didn't, I didn't speak any Finnish, or maybe I did like five words. Um, <laughs> and uh, I was expecting our eldest, Perhaps I was two months pregnant and we just uh, moved into a rented apartment in Helsinki, the capital of Finland. Move was not meant to be uh, this long. We were going to test it out for two years. And look at us nearly 19, nearly 20 years later, we're still here. Wow. So you stayed so what yes. what what made what how was that transition because it must be a complete culture difference and culture shock for you especially yes. not knowing the language oh yes yes i i have to admit that um although i knew that okay that was a finnish was spoken um and i had only heard finnish when my husband would communicate with his mom, his family back uh, uh, in Finland, 
and I'd visited Finland twice, uh, once to meet the family, and that was over Christmas time, and everybody was speaking Finnish, and I said, okay, fine, this sounds really exotic, and the second time was the summer before we moved, but it really didn't hit me that it would be a massive mm. shock, because uh, the signs are all in Finnish, uh, and uh, it's just a language it's not from latin it's it's i don't understand anything it was <laughs> it was like what we say when we study in singapore we, we say it's like greek yeah yeah well the writing is um you know we have the similar alphabets and things like that couple of finnish alphabets we have that are different but that's that wasn't the problem the problem is that i didn't understand anything uh, i picked up words like thank you because i kept hearing this word kitos all the time thank you so i asked my husband so this must be thank you because you are saying this at the end of the conversation he said yes and they cracked a joke i just stood there they laughed and i asked him, oh what what's the joke about oh it's hard to explain okay fine then. <laughs> oh yeah because yeah, a lot of jokes are puns aren't they and so if you don't understand yeah. the words you can't, can't get the pun right i bumped into this man whom I married uh, <laughs> he happened to be at uh, at an event a party uh, and uh, a friend of mine had arranged that and so we just chatted and this was before email and all these different mm. fantastic tools that they have now to meet people across the world yeah um, <laughs> we just chatted I I just started my first job if I could remember and um, I came from a very, I come from a very traditional uh, family in Singapore, a traditional background. So I just went against my parents' wishes, even to go to the disco was like, oh my goodness, like bad, bad girls do that. So I just went and then I happened to meet this guy and we were chatting and then we just exchanged numbers. And uh, he was on some exchange program, an Asian business uh, culture course. <laughs> Uh, and he went o- went on with his life, but then we were like pen friends. Well, he was writing more to me than I was writing to him. I was just being polite, but I thought that this guy was crazy or something. <laughs> he, he was uh, very uh, enchanted by me. Uh, and later he made uh, he visited Singapore, and I did meet him. This was like five years later. We actually met. Right. And we started to date, like really seriously date. And then the question came uh, when we got more serious. Okay, somebody has to move. Mm. That was not an easy decision. At that time, I had a very well-paying job. Uh, I had Mm. um, just bought my own uh, uh, flat. uh, And he too had a very well-paying job. We both had struggles in building up our careers and it was very tricky. Who should give this up? Mm. So how did you make that decision? Because obviously well, he moved. So it, it was, yeah, it, <laughs> we it, know that. He, he was at, in fact in Sweden, in Stockholm at that time and he had a job which uh, they paid for his move from Finland to Stockholm. So and he was quite unhappy there, and perhaps because we, I, I decided that it was too painful to continue this distant 
long distance relationship. I just wanted to focus on me, my independence, my career, my new flat. Uh, because for me to get a flat, it was a big, big struggle. Um, even moving out of home before uh, we get married, uh, that's because I'm of Sri Lankan Tamil origin. And so no matter how well you do in your career, the only first time you move out of home uh, is, is when you get married. So you stay at home till you get married. Okay. So, so you bucked I fought, the trend I at that point that. already. Yeah, I fought for that. You know, like they, they found, uh, my parents put a lot of barriers in me, uh, in, in me buying a flat. So, um, and I really wanted, I wanted to really, you know, I worked so hard for it. And then that's when, when I had my own place and I had time to clear my head. And I thought to myself, I really like this guy. I haven't met anyone like him. I think I might just lose the only person <laughs> I, mm. I would, you know. And so I quickly called him up and said, you know, this is the situation. I've thought about it. And would you like to give us, give it another shot? So, yes. Yeah. So he moved and we stayed, we were living together in our flat. Right. Very secretly. <laughs> <laughs> Because at least my parents and some my friends, some of my friends knew, but I mean we didn't tell anyone we were living together. So just I had okay. a flat and I lost my job. Wow. It was like uh, just just when he decided to quit his job and move. <laughs> so I called him up and I said that I am not uh joking, but I'm going to tell you something. And then I said this happened. With so much uncertainty, uh, bringing a child into this world, I mean, I just thought it would be easier if he worked and I could stay at home. It was like a dream of ours anyway, that we both had parents who didn't really stay at home uh, okay. to look after us. So we thought that it would be ideal. So he looked for opportunities in Finland. Right. And, and so... Then we thought to ourselves, you know, why wait for the ultimate opportunity? Let's just move because um, I, I, if I'd moved before uh, three, before I was three months pregnant, I would uh, be entitled to some benefits, maternity benefits. Oh, that's so, savvy. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So we thought, okay, uh, made my application for residency at that time. We had to make the application before we come into the country. We submitted that. That took ages. I got approved and then just moved into a rented uh, small flat in right. Helsinki. And I think it was meant to happen because within a week, within um, three weeks, uh, three uh, less than three weeks of moving here, yes. he phoned uh, the people uh, in Finland whom he was networking with and so happened that there was a position of course there was because you'd put everything else aside you'd yeah. set your intentions and yeah. then there it was it manifested at the perfect time it manifested yeah, yeah. so Vignes, tell me more about this experience so you've moved over to a country you don't speak the language and you don't have a job in which you can meet and talk with people you are pregnant and yes. you're going into the world of new world of being a parent in a foreign land nothing is familiar and you don't even have people who are familiar what did that feel like uh, overwhelming yeah and frightening uh, 
I I was on autopilot, I think, because I didn't really think too much about this whole thing. Mm. Uh, I didn't even know the word for maternity clinic. It, the word <laughs> is Nevola. And everyone was telling me to go to this place called Nevola. Uh, and they didn't know, use, they used this Finnish word, but they were speaking in English. And I was like, where is this place I should go to? You know, I, I didn't know familiar words <laughs> where am I supposed to go to this this particular place and my you know uh I was fortunate because uh, at the maternity clinic the uh, midwife could speak English and my oh, husband could help yeah yeah okay so now um let's get into the being a mum right so when you became a mum and you're out there in Finland how was that experience what went on I was I was very very lost very um, afraid to ask for help because I uh, thought that I was expected well I thought it was in my head that I was expected to have learned some Finnish yeah so on um on your journey since then because now you've been there 18 odd years right yes so um since that point have you actually developed Finnish or have you managed to you have yes I have yeah far from fluent but I could hold a conversation of Mm. of course I can manage I've been quite independent uh uh, independently looking after the kids uh in in this environment um and we moved uh I think uh in in 2004 so about a year after we moved uh, to Helsinki we bought our a house we wanted a house a detached house so we moved further away to a smaller city and there nobody spoke English nobody okay so it was forced on you at that point I thought it was a great experience yeah. because I I really had to step outside of my comfort zone and you know what I thought to myself they would laugh at me but nobody did in fact it was the, it was on the contrary they were very very appreciative that I had tried yes when when my first born arrived I mean I knew okay parenting we went for all the classes but they were all in Finnish right so I had no idea what was going to happen and he he came prematurely so okay yeah I mean I was really lost in the hospital I mean I I mean people could speak English but not very well and then I was like okay you know in broken English and it was it was it was like I think back I think how did I survive of course it's a lot better now there are much there's much more support for in for international moms but um, not not at that time so how did you survive do you think bigness at that point uh I I think that I found courage within something right. that I think that that has that has come from my childhood because I had had a very rough traumatic childhood and I've had to uh, really uh, be uh, look after myself I've had to be brave so uh, I was I'm I, I can I'm quite would say but I didn't know this, but I have been toughened up over the years right? because of that. And I'm quite good at showing that everything is okay. So when I, uh, 
obviously I was very frightened uh, uh, with with a little baby, didn't yeah. know anything. Everything was new. I my mom-in-law lived quite far away, and I couldn't just okay. ask her to come and help me. I had to keep her at our place for a few weeks, and I I didn't really fancy that. Because that's quite full on, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because that's that's it. She has a very controlling personality, so okay. I didn't <laughs> want that. So um, no. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, I was showing that I was very good. Everything was good. But then postnatal depression uh, kind of, you know, kind of crawled its way in without me realizing. And some point I knew that because I was crying a lot, I was tired. I couldn't enjoy the baby. Yes. And so this courage I developed got even stronger because I, my husband couldn't help me. I didn't know where to ask help. I didn't, didn't even know what the word was. I began, yeah. like we, we got a, kind of like a book, like a, like a manual, like, you know, uh, there wasn't much on the net. So like they gave a book about uh, congratulations, you're having a baby. And there, there were numbers. Okay, this, this, I read the book, but I never took note of this. And then I went through these numbers. I started to call different numbers. Okay. Explain my story, like a person groping in the dark. And every one of them were, they were really sympathetic, but they always forwarded me to another person. And the final person, one person I spoke with said, your maternity clinic, your nurse or midwife, she she's not only in charge of you, of the baby, she's also in charge of you and you can share this information, how you're feeling with her. Right. And I didn't know that because I come from a society of complete stigma. So whenever she asked me, are you right. all right? I said, I'm fine. Yes. Yeah, fine. Which I wasn't. No. I wasn't because fine you at learned- all. You'd learned that being brave and putting on this brave face was how you got by. But actually, you were denying all these feelings that were inside and they weren't going to go anywhere. They were only going to get worse, weren't they? And then they also said that they, uh, the, if you're very depressed, the midwife would uh, find there was a, a psychologist. Every um, um, uh, area where there are a few maternity clinics, there is a psychologist like okay. who will help the mom. And your nearest is this particular place, which wasn't my, uh, uh, where I went to take, I took the baby, but it was quite near. So I went uh, to visit this this psychologist and she asked me to fill up a form and she spoke really good English. I filled up the form and the form said, ask lots of questions. And the answers that I'd given her, she told me, she called me up and said, they were very frightening because I was very, I, I didn't realize I was suicidal. Wow. Yeah. So she referred me to the family health clinic and, and, and I got all the support. I got the support as a friend, as friendship from the family uh, health clinic, all paid for, I mean, all, wow. all the, under the municipal, municipality. And then I was also put in touch with a doctor a psychiatric uh, doctor, nurse. I mean, I didn't care about stigma anymore because where I come from, if you go and see a psychiatric doctor, you must be in a cuckoo Crazy or something. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't care. She put me on medication mm. right away because the main thing was that I was so anxious. Right. Well, it so can be so anxiety-provoking. Anxiety. Provoking anxiety. 
And when once I could calm down immediately, I could feel the difference. Then I went to, I think two weeks later and she said, you know, I can see that at least you can, we can have a conversation. I was super hyper and anxious. Right. That's, that's really, really tough. Yeah, I didn't care what um, anyone thought. Of course, I didn't have any, uh, I, but I did, I mean, I didn't think, overthink it like, oh, what will this, what will uh, someone think? I went, Yeah. I, de I decided when I, it was, I was in a really bad state, I need help, not just for myself. I have a little person here who depends on me. Yes. And um, I, I, I have, to, I had to get help uh, for us. Yes. Uh, and yeah. uh, I, I want, wanted to be that mother who could enjoy the baby, not, you mm. know, looking, you know, looking so sad and crying. And I mean, it, it, so I, I did it, I did it. And that to me, that was a very, very important step because um, coming from a culture, as I said earlier, where there's so much stigma, till today nobody talks about it right people think it's like a flu or something oh is are you better now it's it doesn't go away you know no. that, that's, it's unfortunately that's the situation and I feel very proud of myself having done that and when I uh, had my second child uh, because they had records of, uh, and we had moved city, we have moved, we had moved town, the smaller yes. town, but they transferred all my medical records to that town. Uh -huh. And I was already seeing, uh, I continued seeing a psychiatric nurse. So the, all the systems were in place for wow. me. That's fantastic, isn't it? That you yeah. Have that. Yeah. I was prepared for the worst also. Going into uh, having your second child, yeah, yeah you must but think, well, it didn't it didn't hit me that yeah. hard, yeah. Uh, perhaps during the pregnancy months, uh, because I couldn't take the medication, I had to stop for a while. Yeah. So uh, that might have been a bit that 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 could have been a bit tough. But um, once uh, I hit a certain point, uh, number of weeks in the pregnancy, I could continue with the medication. Right. Okay. Yeah, but I I must say that I didn't share this whole. Uh, uh, postnatal depression thing with my mom-in-law I didn't tell any um, I mean I, I, I didn't talk about it to anyone I kept it very quiet because it's it's something that at that time um, I went to get help for myself but I wasn't sure what Finnish society thought about it of course yeah that cultural difference yeah, because my society, in my society where I come from, we wouldn't talk about it. Yes. But I didn't know how people would deal with it. And uh, nowadays I write about it so openly and I'm, mm. uh, I like to be a voice for other uh, women who, who have suffered the similar plight. Definitely. So I'm interested, how, how was it with your husband during that time? Was he able to be supportive for you? at that time uh, yeah yeah I think the biggest shock for him was that he was the biggest problem was that he was helpless he had never mm. uh, of course he had never been with somebody who had been through this and he didn't yeah. know how to help me uh, he uh, well he thought that if I went to get help and I took medication that could affect 
the breast milk, uh, the medication mm-hmm. going in the breast milk, mm-hmm. all that. So he didn't have any information. And he thought initially, he thought I was just tired. But okay. it was much more than that. And when I went to get help, which was, which was on my own, I have to, I always feel very, very proud of that. On my own, he, he could see the huge difference in my, in the way I was. And I think he was very, very proud. I mean, he's very proud of me because I went to get help. Because it's a big step to do that. It's a big step. Especially coming from the culture where you said that there was so much stigma with it. So it's, it's a big leap for you to recognize and then say, no, I'm actually going to do something because it's, it's somewhat, I mean, actually when you are in that place of feeling depressed, it's, many people just stay in that space and they don't mm. even realize or recognize it in themselves or actually feel they're worthy of getting help some mm. of the time yes isn't Ex- it exactly exactly and um i mean for example i met a napoli mom uh, this was uh, maybe 15 years ago mm-hmm. and i told her she was depressed and i said why don't you go and get help and and she said, oh, in Nepal, if I told anyone that I was going to get help, they'll think that I'm crazy. So, yeah. I, 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 so it, 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 is, it is a stigma. It is. I remember yeah. having depression. I had depression for a lot of my adult life, well, from teenage. And I was studying to be a teacher. And I remember going to, um, when I was actually studying, so I was at uni, but I knew that everything that we did at uni, because it was an education degree rather than a PGC, mm-hmm. and I knew everything we did at uni counted on our formal record going forward as a teacher. And I was like really conscious of that when it came to actually seeking help. And it really put me off actually mm-hmm. getting any help and support when I was studying, because I was like, oh, this might affect me being able to get a job when I leave uni. And like, okay. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, I mean, it's quite a while ago now. <laughs> we're talking has it about, changed? Do you think it, I it think has it, changed? I, I think it has. I mean, in the UK, the stigma seems to have gone away somewhat. Because when this was, we're talking over 20 years ago yeah, now. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> you know, hopefully the landscape has changed somewhat then since then. But certainly for me as a person who has been in and out of depression for the best part of 30 years right um it's something that I've seen a marked shift in Mm -hmm. attitudes and in actual fact for me the attitudes sort of have shifted along with my coming out of depression Mm. like finally and I feel like I've been in and out as I said for a long long time and had really awful bouts of suicide ideation for Mm. many, many times. Mm. But obviously being a parent, it stops the actual suicide planning. Mm. Yeah, you start thinking about everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like, yeah, I really want to do that, but actually, no, I can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm smiling, laughing about it, but that isn't- Yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, like you think, oh God, you know, this would be great, but you know, I got to think, yeah, I I felt that, oh God, I just think about my baby, I had to think about this, Yeah. yeah. But that's a good thing because then there are many reasons you don't do anything stupid. But uh, you know, yeah. because you have these people who you think people. about and they're dependent. Yeah, uh, but it's I have to yeah, because I think that um it's it's for me as well. My mother suffers, still suffers from depression, and 
I've always suffered from depression, but I've never ever recognized it because depression doesn't exist in our society. Totally. So when you say your mother suffers from depression, is that something that you know as a fact she's disclosed it to you or is it something that you just feel like she must do? Yeah, yeah, because uh, I never knew that before, but on hindsight, now that I have moved and and I have sought help, uh, I mean, she would be she would be crying uh, for no reason. She would, you know, there's a mood swings for yeah, uh, yeah for various reasons. Uh, and she was an abusive mother towards me. She was she was abused as a wife. Mm-hmm. So uh, she was abused as a child. So I knew that I wanted the cycle to stop this generational cycle to stop and so that was also one of the reasons I went to get help because it's it's, that's something I'm so passionate about and that's why I decided to go into this kind of coaching parenting Uh, it's really to break the chains of the generational cycle so I'm curious, Vignes, when you um, you'd got got um, this support for your postnatal depression and you'd found that it um, wasn't as bad when your second came along and you were no, relieved no. about that. Did you find that um, there was anything particularly that you did to change and shift your um, the narrative of your your life as a parent um, or was it more gradual? One thing I did was that I I was very conscious when I parented that I will not, uh, for example, if the situation was such that if my child made a mistake, Mm. uh, okay, children drop things, they break things, to be, not to uh, make a big deal out of it, not to make a big, uh, you know, it's, it's, Every, you know, yeah. I wasn't allowed to make mistakes, so they were very critical, and I think that's something I was learning to do as my children came, because being critical, shouting, being violent—that was all I knew. Uh, that was yeah. the only thing I was programmed to do. That's what—that's what it was. That's the way it was done, and to make a big deal out, out of things. So I wanted. I, I had to like be super, super conscious when I parented, when my yeah. my children came. And I, I have to admit, I was very afraid when my when my first child came. I re- remember telling my husband, uh, do you trust me with this baby? Because I might end up hitting my baby. That's that's how frightened I was. I was so aware. Yeah. So you were aware is um, of what could happen. So mm. what was it that stopped you, do you think? I think that I knew I didn't want what I didn't want to do as a parent. This was way before therapy. I knew that even when I had the postnatal depression and things like that, and before I went to get help, I didn't want to become my parents. Mm-hmm. That was always like a mantra I was saying to myself. Mm. I will not be my parents. I will not be my mother. Yeah. And that uh, and that's funny because uh, little girls want to be like their moms, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but mine was I will not end up like her because she just looks like a sad person who's uh, who uh, she's very unhappy with anything she has she's never contented mm. uh, and I I was I'm I'm not like that um, and I think this lack of uh, lack of satisfaction comes from her own uh, luck, whatever uh, inhibitions she has, something is missing in her life. Of course, mm. over time, as incidents uh, happened with my children, I went into flashback. Okay, this thing happened in my life. This happened to me. I will not do that. I, you know, it's not even like I was thinking, you know, of my past. It's, it's not like I was sitting there and thinking, okay, all the times I was beaten up, I was abused, but I had flashbacks. Yeah. But I took them and I did, I turned them around. And when I, in fact, when I transferred to the smaller town, uh, with my second child came, I was, I was just, I was expecting our second child. That nurse, she was very, very good. She was a, uh, uh, psychiatric nurse she was a trauma therapist she was a trauma therapist I was very fortunate that was her Mm. specialty and I realized later why all the many things I'd not remembered I'd not even tried to remember they were all going through my mind Mm -hmm. because she said you are um, well she said that you are recovering from trauma and she gave yeah. the scenario, which is basically post-traumatic stress disorder. Yeah, I was having that because she, she gave me the mm-hmm. situation of the war veterans when they come back and how yeah. they have nightmares because you in that in that clutter, in that mess, you can't think. Yeah, absolutely. So I was I'm still going through post-traumatic. I'm still going through that. I mean, as the children are getting older and I'm going through different situations, I was put in at that at their age. Yeah, so your it's your life is now the, the children's lives is really traumatizing yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah. with that, I mean that is that's a really hard place to live in. So yeah. how how do you do? What are your coping mecha- uh, coping mechanisms? Uh, you take every day as it comes. I think that for me it's like every. I always say I will be work in progress, mm-hmm. and it's tiny baby steps right Uh, because people look at me and think wow you know everything oh you have four kids okay you know you have a a nice house uh you have a you're married every every the kids are wonderful um but it has taken so much work to get to this point and i'm still working on it for example my eldest son he he was diagnosed with a learning disorder already at five, the age of five. Okay. And uh, I had a learning, I, I know now that I had a learning disorder when I was in first grade. My parents didn't do anything. They didn't, they cared about what other people thought. I, right. uh, I reached out to whatever help was offered to us and I put him in a small group. We have small groups where they learn more quickly and more effectively he learned very quickly and he overcame his challenges so i mean i did i was driving around speech therapist when he was uh, stammering when he began stammering he had problems with his motor skills i went to get the 
Oh, occup no occupation. Occupational, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's there in the end. I haven't, yeah, I haven't visited one in ages. Yeah, so I went to get help and I took every time I went somewhere. I mean, I had a bunch of, I had two kids at that time in tour. We went everywhere. I went to get all the help. And last week, he's doing a, a business diploma. And he, okay. as part of the course, he has to work in a shop, customer service. That's his yeah. specialty. And I went into the shop where he was working, not to spy on him. I was joking that I would come and spy on him. But I had to genuinely get a clock. Okay. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to see him, you know, because there are many people and he, I didn't yeah. know he was at, at the at the counter and I saw him and I saw him dealing with a customer and and then he waved at me and then he continued with the next customer and I got my clock from the next counter and I said to myself nothing is going to spoil my mood I mean I'm this was the boy who who was struggling with studies yeah. and there he was fine young man He's 18, turning 19 soon, and I couldn't wow. be more proud. Oh, I bet. That's incredible. Yeah. I was like, basically like a bouncing away. To I bet. I mean, this is what you're doing it all for, isn't it? All this yeah. hard work that you put in is like, yeah, actually coming to fruition. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, this is the, this guy. I mean, this was the guy we were like, you know, we thought, what you know but you know if if i was i was in a similar situation if he was raised he was me at mm. that time my parents were both they were teachers okay and yet they wouldn't get help i was just said i was like the biggest embarrassment i was slow in studying no doubt i got a degree and a master's but i did everything to make my parents happy i never did anything for myself so do you think now, Vignes, thinking about that, do you now do things for yourself? Yes, definitely. So tell, tell, me, tell me what some of the things you do for yourself. What, what lights you up now? Uh, okay, I mean, I, I stayed at home, for example, to for the, I, we had four, four children came, we never planned that. Mm -hmm. Stay at home and just be mom. Yeah. That was a dream, a dream to be that I didn't want to be anything else I just wanted to be mom mm -hmm. and I used to think about what people thought back in Singapore that oh you are lazy because you're a home mom because that's what people think you know right. um, but I just stayed and and now uh and I, I was just uh, now I put that in my I have been putting that in my CV for many years now that mm -hmm. home mom uh because I used to think in Finland people don't really criticize but I thought to myself 13 and a half years oh they would think I'm going I've gone on a long holiday who's the day I don't know it was in my head so I uh, I did everything like you know taking them to the parks I was taking care without realizing the little me mm, I took them yeah. to the parks I, we did everything together you know I um learned to drive uh well I had a, a, a driving license in Singapore but i never needed to drive so but I got my finished driving license I was driving around taking them to this activity that activity so I, I must say I really I've really enjoyed like I've, I've done a lot of things with them and mm -hmm. then uh, I, I learned to ride a bike I never learned to ride a bike and when my fourth child came and then I really wanted to do something with the kids I always supported that 
learning but i never i was like oh dear i'm gonna i'm gonna learn to ride a bike and uh, if i and do everybody will laugh at me because i'm gonna fall and i was i was like <laughs> i was 40 so and then i tried and i tried and i saw the neighbors are all looking because in fin finland people kids learn really young to ride a bike right and not in singapore but nobody cared nobody looked and now I, now that the snow has melted i'm going to start biking biking season will start i've learned to ski wow through falling a lot because <laughs> all of my kids they learn to ski it's part of the uh, pe curriculum okay i learned to ski but i didn't i mean i watched them and you know it's all trial and error and i look so clumsy and i'm falling all the time but i didn't care <laughs> And that, that's I it though, isn't it? Now, yeah. And it's great so, for your kids to see you doing see, that. And yeah. Like, yeah, I fail, but it's okay, yeah. I get up again. Like that is what yeah. life is about, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing a lot of things uh, that um, that I've never, I've, I've come on all these podcasts. I've, I um, have been active with the Mothers in Business group in, uh, when they started the Mothers in Business International Wing, in Finland uh-huh. I joined them right away and I've been active so I've been doing all the things that I've wanted to do and like for me being a mom from it's the best job in the world and I thought that it would be normal to put your kid in a in a daycare because here they take the kids from 10 months and look for work because that's what I thought I should do but yeah. I remember the the, trauma, the 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 nurse who was specialized in trauma therapy she said uh, to me one day and I never forget that she said you are doing a job that no one can replace yeah there's no person who can be your substitute because you are the mm. mom to those kids and yeah. when she said that I said yeah that's true yeah because there's no one who can mm-hmm. become exact there's no one exactly just like me no exactly yeah and so after that I started to be very very proud of the fact that they could be at home with me and I didn't feel like I needed to explain even though nobody asked but um uh and in Finland it's quite normal that mothers uh, or fathers stay at home till the youngest is three years old you can get some kind of allowance home allowance it's not right. a lot of money and uh if you're in the public sector like if you're teaching they even keep the job for you really for that period yeah. that's good yeah. isn't it yeah yeah I remember when um, my youngest well, my sorry my eldest I was on maternity leave and we had six months at that point and that was it. And I was like, okay, I can go back. She was only six months at that point. And I was like, I can't do that. And I worked in a nursery at the time. I'm like, I don't want to go and look after other people's babies and leave mine yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. So in the end, I didn't. And then, you know, all the other things happened. But um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's much better when there's more um, support, isn't there, to actually yeah. make a choice that is the right choice for you. When we don't have the support, it's really debilitating. It's really hard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, I mean, as I said, my mom-in-law wasn't didn't live nearby. I couldn't ask her. I have. She did ask many times if I could leave the baby with her. But when would I see my baby? Because uh, <laughs> my parents uh, put me away to live with an aunt uh, in Malaysia uh, when I was a year old. Right. And I stayed with them for a, I, I was looked after by an aunt because my mom couldn't, 
cope, uh, uh, couldn't look after. My parents couldn't look after me. Uh, they didn't have anyone to help and then they had problems getting domestic help. Right. And in Singapore, it's, we have a lot of uh, foreign maids from the Philippines, from India, from Indonesia. Many yes. of them are not trained to look after children and there have been horrifying stories results so that was the other thing if i was in singapore i would also do the same because i didn't mm. want my baby to be left with a complete stranger yeah and i didn't i didn't trust my parents with the babe with my children because of what they had done to me well yeah yeah so that was another draw to not being in that space when yes. you're bringing up children yeah Okay, Vignes, I've got, um, we're coming to the end now, but I want to give you some rapid fire questions, okay? So just answer whatever pops into your head, all right? So what is the worst thing about being a parent? Saying no. Saying no, <laughs> them saying no, or you, or having to I say no. You having to say no. <laughs> what is the best thing about being a parent? Um unconditional I get unconditional love oh that's incredible isn't it yeah um so parenting or being a parent broke you down lifted you up or both broke me down both yeah both yeah 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 it does every time <laughs> yeah yeah and and what is your favorite thing about you Vignes my passion for life for living mm. you can see that you can see that in your energy it's beautiful um what is the most important job of a parent would you say uh to i mean to offer unconditional love to offer it mm -hmm. oh they're really lovely answers thank you Vignes. so before we head off um you mentioned about your work so i really want to hear a little bit about about that have you tell us um your a bit about your business and how we can find you and stuff okay okay wonderful so uh i'm a parenting coach and my specialty is gentle parenting mm -hmm. so um and uh, i focus on helping working parents to have a happy uh happier more harmonious home with as little nagging shouting <laughs> or yelling so we work on alternative strategies and everything that I offer, all the solutions are from my personal experience, because right. I've been in parent, I've been a parent for almost 19 years mm -hmm. and with experience also working in schools, some schools in Finland, I have been a teaching assistant. So I've got that and um, I work one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. So uh, come, you can come with me with uh, questions and I can give you lots and lots of solutions within one hour we have the mm -hmm. one hour session i'm very active on linkedin uh-huh that is my uh hangout platform your, your preferred but, platform uh -huh. but i'm also available on facebook because okay. not everyone is on linkedin yeah that's right so um what we'll do is if you will send me the stuff i'll put it in the links on our um the blurb on the bottom of our podcast so that people okay. can get straight to you so thank you so much, Vignes, for your time today and telling us all your incredible journey around the world and through your parenting journey. And I'm, I mean, where, how old is your youngest now? 
Uh, he will be turning 12 soon. Okay, so you still got a good way to go with the teenage yeah. years. <laughs> Yeah. so really all the best with that I look forward to seeing your journey um, above and beyond and um, yeah wishing you all the best thank you for today it was wonderful thank you, Beth. it was a pleasure being here it's lovely oh, to chat, to chat thank you. you thank you so much thank you so much for listening to today's podcast with me beth hardy and if you want to connect with me more you can get along to any of my socials your family well-being coach on tiktok and instagram and you can find me at stop the triggers on facebook i hope to connect with you very soon if you have a question that you want answering we might be able to do a podcast all about that so please do drop me a line i'm so grateful for everyone who listens to this podcast see if you can rate and subscribe so we can make it bigger and better every week